0: Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Psalm 85, verse 6. Psalm 85, verse 6. Would you stand with me for the reading of the Word? If you were here a couple of weeks ago, I'm just going to let you know now. I'm going to go back and finish what I started two weeks ago. I only briefly got to go into what I felt like God wanted me to do Two weeks ago, because of the way the service had gone that morning, the way the Spirit of the Lord was moving, I briefly shared with you a little bit on this word. And I felt for the last couple of weeks, or last week, to go back and revisit and finish what God started then. Because what I'm going to talk about this morning, I don't just believe it, I know it. It is a must in the church. It is a must in the family. It is a must in the home. It is a must in every individual life. So I'm asking you to be very attentive to the Word of God here today. Psalm 85 and verse number 6. The King James says, Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? The Amplified Version says almost the same, but it says, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? What the psalmist David is saying here, will you not revive us one more time? Will you not bring us to life one more time? Will you not stir up the gift inside of us One more time. That rejoicing, now I know I'm saying a little different than what it says here, but that rejoicing may come back to the hearts of your people. That rejoicing may come back to the heart of those who love you. Let's just get real this morning up front. There's people in this room listening to me preach right now. You're trying to place a smile on your face and you're trying to pretend that everything's okay. But in reality, you don't feel like you have much to rejoice about. You don't feel like you have much to get happy about. You don't feel like you have very much to get excited about. Well, my prayer is that before you leave this room this morning, that God's going to give you something to be excited about, that God's going to restore your joy, and God's going to restore the rejoicing of your soul, and you're going to have something to be thrilled about before you leave this place today. Father, I ask you now, Lord, anoint the Word of God. Much prayer has gone in to this moment. Much prayer has gone into this time. I pray, Lord, anoint your word this moment. And I pray, Lord, that you will let the people of God be open and yielded and surrendered to your word, to your voice and to your spirit. And I pray, God, that you will do new things inside of us. I pray, God, that you will restore, refresh, and bring rejoicing back to the heart of your people this day. Anoint me to preach this sacred word as you have birthed it in my heart. And let it Lord sink into our spirit and let us ch- let it change who we are and what we are for your glory and for your honor in Jesus name. Amen, I want you to turn around to about three people and shake the hand. I want you to say this, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you in the name of Jesus. I want to share with you this morning this. What is revival? Why do we need it? What is revival? Why do we need it? First of all, I start out by asking you, do you have a desire for God? Do you long for him in your life? I'm not saying, do you want him? I'm not asking you, do you need him? I'm asking you, do you have a desire for him? Now, the reason I say that, every person in this room knows we have a need for God. Every person in this room, in their own way, wants God. But there's a difference when you begin to look at the word desire. Need is one thing. Want is one thing. But when you talk about the word of desire, it brings a totally different definition. Desire is something that you want and need that you feel like you cannot live without. And when you come to the place that you desire God, it means, Lord, I cannot live without you. I can't make it another day without you. I can't go another moment without you in my life. Lord, I desperately need you, and I need you now. Then I ask you the question, do you have a passion for God? Think about this for a moment. If you will, the things that we are passionate about, we go after. The things that we are passionate about, we give ourselves to. The things that we are passionate about, we make a priority in our life. Amen? The things that we are passionate about, we make a priority. So then we have to ask the question, do you have a passion for God? Is God a priority in your life? Is Him being a part of who you are, is that on the top of your list, on the middle of your list, on the bottom of your list? Is God a priority? To what extent are you willing to satisfy the desire you have for the Lord? How far are you willing to go with God to satisfy that desire? How deep are you willing to go? How high are you willing to go? To what depths or what heights are you willing to reach to reach that desire you have for God? Now we go back to the original question. What is revival? Listen. When you desire to see the name of God glorified, then you are desiring revival. When you seek to be to motivate the church, then you are seeking revival when you are burdened by sin within the church you are burdened for revival i want to stop there and say this is the church world still plagued by sin yes boy it got quiet on that one does that mean everybody's walking in sin no Does it mean everybody's living in sin? No. But what it does mean is this. The devil is fighting the church harder and stronger now than ever before. And if he can keep sin somewhere along the way, dwelling in the church, he will. But my desire and my heart is, is that the church can come to the place that we reach a place where we are above that place of sin. But here's the thing you have to realize. As long as there's a human element, there's a possibility. As long as there's a human ingredient, there's a possibility. So that's where the question comes in. When you are burdened by sin within the church or how the enemy's coming against the church or the things the enemy's trying to do in the church, then you are burdened for revival. When you ask the Lord to fan the flame within your own life, then you are asking for revival. How long has it been since you have prayed unto God and asked the Lord to fan the flame inside of you? Yesterday my son and I were outside and we were, we were shooting firecrackers. And Kevin, if y'all heard us, we might have been shooting at y'all. I don't know. I'm teasing. But we were shooting firecrackers and we were shooting bottle rockets and, and, and we, had, we had this little acetylene torch, the little small ones. And, and you turned it on and, and we'd light it up and that's the way we were lighting them. And, and I don't understand it, but it seemed like every time we'd take a fuse over there and it would touch the flame, it'd go out. I couldn't figure out why it was going out. But then Lane said, well, Daddy, let's make it a little stronger. So he turned the gas up a little bit more. We lit it. Flame comes up a little bit stronger. It stayed a while longer. Then Casey, we stuck a, a fuse to it. It went out again. So we made it a little longer. But the further we made and the further we brought the flame to it, the mightier or the stronger, if you will, that it become. That's the same way it is with the people of God. We have to ask God to fan the flame because sometimes there are little things that come into the flame that can put it out or cause it to be diminished in your life. But I want to tell you something we cannot afford in this last day and hour to be operating on a little flame. We need God to fan the flames of his glory in our life like never before that we might burn in the presence of God and that we might burn before those around us and we might burn in the society in which we live. A revival is not the church deciding to do something for God, but revival is something that God does inside the church. Let me just say it to you like this. We don't pick and choose for revival to take place. Even though we have revival moments that we set in the church, revival comes by what God does in us. Now, we will tell you this many times. We set a, a revival, if you will, and we set a desire showing God that we long for him, and God honors that, and he comes down, and he sends his glory. But it's not by something we have done. It's by something that God does. Revival is an awakening to who God is. Please hear this. It is an awakening to who God is. And it is an awakening for a longing inside of us. An awakening to who God is that builds a new longing for God inside of our spirit. In Psalm 119, 159, the Amplified Version said, Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me and give me, give life to me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness revive me lord give life unto me if you will and i just want to tell you if we're going to start experiencing revival we're going to have to allow god to bring life into our spirit god will not force us to be revived or force us to walk in newness of life but he will give us just as much as we desire I want to ask you this morning, how close to God do you want to be? How on fire for God do you really want to be? How much of the presence of the Lord do you really want in your life? Those are very important questions, but let me go back to what I just said. If we're to start experiencing revival, what would it be like What would it be like if we really started to experience revival? And then here's another question. Are we in revival right now? Nobody can answer that for you but you. Nobody can answer that in your life but you. But I will answer it for the church here at Valley View Church. Yes, we are in revival. Somebody said, well, pastor, we haven't had a series of services. We haven't called an evangelist in. We haven't called, how can we be in revival? We are in revival because of how the spirit and the presence of God moves continually in this church. Can I tell you in the midst of our worship, in the midst of the services, the glory of God is coming down. And that's what revival is all about. And that's where I want us as a church to be very careful. And I don't want this to sound like doom and gloom. I don't want it to be that way. But that's where I want us to be very careful that we don't miss what God is doing among us. That's why it's very imperative that when we come in here to worship, we block everything else out. We forget about what happened before we got here. We forget about what's coming up after a while, and we focus on the presence of God. When I walked into the sanctuary this morning, I came up and I took my place. I made up my mind, and I purposed that I was going to be submissive to the Spirit of the Lord. There was two or three times my wife spoke to me and I don't even know if I heard what she said. I was so trying to be caught up in the presence of the Lord. I made up my mind this morning that when I walked into this room, God, I don't want to be diverted by anything, but I want to hear what you are saying and I want to get caught up in what you're doing and I want to be in the middle of your presence and I want to answer it again. Yes, we are in revival but let me just say this what is revival pastor revival is a spontaneous outpouring of the presence and power of god that moves the people to respond but i want to say that first part again it is a spontaneous outpouring of the presence and the power of god that is revival revival And when the Spirit of the Lord is moving in such manner, He moves His people to respond to Him. He draws His people. He pricks at the heart of His people to respond to who He is. And can I tell you, only God can draw the heart of a man to Him. Nobody else. I can't make somebody come to God. You can't make nobody come to God. All we can do is lead them to Him, but only God can draw them unto Him. We can get them on the right path. We can get them on the right road. But it is God who draws them. It is God who pours out his spirit upon all flesh. But can I tell you something? Something happens when you are in the presence of the Lord. Something happens when you allow yourself to get caught up in the presence of the Lord. What do you mean, pastor? Once you have experienced it, you will never be the same. If you ever one time get caught up in the real presence of God, you will never be the same. It will transform your life. I'm not talking about being in the room where the presence of the Lord is, I'm not talking about being at a place where the glory of God's coming down. I'm talking about you yourself getting caught up in the presence of the Lord. Some of the ladies came over into the shed yesterday evening and were in prayer as they do every Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock. Last night about 8.30, I came over to the church and I was in the sanctuary and I was praying and I turned some music on my phone and the song that was playing was this, I surrender. And as I laid upon this floor right here, it just kept rolling through my mind, God, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. I yield myself, I give myself, I turn myself over to you. You know why? Because I don't just want to be in the room where God is. I want to be in Him. I said, I don't want to just be in the room where God is. I want to be in Him, and I want Him to be in me. I'm hungry for the presence of the Lord. Listen, true signs of revival are people longing and lingering in the presence of God. How do you know when revival's really happening? When people don't want to go home in the presence of the Lord. Two, three times lately especially, I've seen it happen in this church. When service is over, I wouldn't dismiss, but we would just let it go. And people just lingered and lingered till Bart just about had to run them out the door. You know why? Because they were enjoying the presence of God. That's how you know revival is happening. When people are longing and lingering in the presence of the Lord because they want more of who God is. Revival is a heart of repentance and obedience. Throughout the history of the church, repentance and obedience are two of the main signs that revival has happened. Did you hear that? Repentance and obedience are two of the main signs that revival has happened in an individual, in a home, or in a church. When people repent before God and they begin to walk in obedience to the will of the Lord, then you know a revival has taken place. Revival is a hunger for God, and it's a hunger for the things of God. Now I'm going to tell you something that's not new to us, but I want you to listen. Revival is an awakening of the hearts to God. And a revival is awakening to the things of God in the lives of God's people. It is an awareness of our need for more of God. Hunger makes one do desperate things. When you get hungry enough, you'll do whatever it takes to get something to eat. You get hungry enough, you'll go wherever you got to go to get something to eat. You'll go through whatever you got to go through. You'll do whatever you got to do to get something to eat. I wonder what would happen if we got to that place with God. We got so hungry for Him, Robert. We'd go wherever we had to go. We'd do whatever we had to do. We'd go through whatever we had to go through. We'd pay whatever price we had to pay. We'd do whatever's necessary. That we can reach that place in Him that satisfies the hunger inside of us. Listen, hunger makes you do desperate things, but desperation will make one run to the source to be satisfied. When you really get desperate, you'll go to the source to be satisfied. And I got news for you. The only source is God himself. The only one that will bring real satisfaction to your life is God himself. God will always, and I want you to hear this, God will always satisfy those who hunger and thirst after him. Did you hear what I said? Not maybe so. God will always satisfy those who hunger and thirst after him. Why? He said, we shall be filled. What he said in his word. He said, we shall be filled. Revival is a desire to go deeper in God and to excel to a higher level spiritually. Listen to me. Revival is a desire to go deeper, but yet to excel to a higher level spiritually in God. In other words, going beyond where you are now, whether it's deeper or whether it's higher. But you're going beyond the place where you are. Once we repent and we taste and see that the Lord is good, we should want and desire more of God. But I'm going to take it one step further. If you really repent and you taste and you see that God is good, you will want to go further. But not only will you want to, you will go further with God. Why? Because that taste makes you want more. That taste burns a desire. That taste rejuvenates something inside your spirit. Natural hunger is satisfied after you eat a meal. Amen. I don't know about you, but on July 4th, I ate enough. But natural hunger. Hunger is satisfied after you eat a meal. But listen to this. Being spiritually hungry means you build to more hunger and a desire to go deeper with God. What does that mean? When you are spiritually hungry, the more you get, the more you want. The more you deceive, the more you desire. The deeper you go, the deeper you want to go. The further you go, the further you want to go. That's the difference in physical and spiritual hunger. Physical hunger can be satisfied with a few bites of food, but spiritual hunger is never satisfied. It grows, it goes, it lingers. Listen, it really makes you want to give your all to God when you get hungry. I want everybody in this room to hear this. Complacency has no place in revival. You cannot be complacent in God and experience a real revival or a real move of God. It won't happen. Complacency has no place in revival. Satisfying the flesh has no place in revival. Only satisfying and pleasing God only satisfying and pleasing God is the main desire when seeking out revival in your life and we're talking about revival in the church but i feel like the real revival god's talking about here today is the revival in us personally in us and on a personal level in an individual life where we are with the lord revival is a realization of our humanity and our need to repent please hear me it is a realization of our humanity and our need to repent. In true revival, we see our humanity and we see our need for a Savior. When you really reach that place of revival, you see the need of salvation in your life. In true revival, we lose our dignity for his deity. We decrease and God increases in us. We see that God is good or God is God and we are not. In real revival, pride and arrogance go out the window and humility and brokenness become alive and well. As long as we're prideful and arrogant, we can't see revival. But when we come to that place of humility and brokenness before the Lord, then we come into that spirit and that realm of reviving of the Spirit of God. Why? Because it becomes more about Him than it does about us. Me and Colin were talking, discussing a few things yesterday. And I made a statement to him. When you look at the majority overall of the church world today, what has happened? We've made the church more about us than we've made it about God. I'm talking about the church world as a whole. We've made it more about our wants and our desires and the things that we long for more than we have about what God wants and what God desires and what God longs for. When the reality of it is this, when we come back to the place that we make it more about God and what he wants and what he desires, what we need to understand it is then that God begins to meet the needs in our life and begins to do the things that we've wanted and desired of him. But we got to make it about him first. Amen? So in revival, we, are, we realize our humanity and we realize our need to repent and we realize that we are to be humbled before him and make God first. Revival is seeing souls saved. That's a given. It is seeing lives changed forever. It's seeing people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Revival is a bringing of dead things back to life. I want you to hear this. It is a bringing of dead things back to life. Everyone in this room, you need to remind yourself, there's nothing too dead that God cannot resurrect in your life. There's nothing too far gone that God cannot turn around in your life. There's nothing beyond the reach of God in your life. Oh, the devil's tried to make you think it's hopeless. The devil's tried to make you think there's no way. It just can't be done. But that's a lie from hell. There's nothing God cannot and will not do for a child of God who believes him for anything. I said, there's nothing God will not and cannot do for a child of God that believes he can and will do anything. But it's up to us. you got to remind yourself there's nothing too far gone, nothing beyond the reach of God. Listen, we all need to be revived, amen? 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 I started to put you on the spot and say, if you don't need revival, raise your hand, but I ain't going to do that. We all need to be revived. We get get beaten down by the enemy. We get beaten down by life. We get beaten down by the things of life. We get beaten down by the battles we go through, by the trials we go through, by the oppositions that we face in life. But we get beaten down by the enemy. Why? Because he doesn't want us to have a relationship with God. He doesn't want you to have a walk with God. He doesn't want you to be close to God. He doesn't want you to be drawn into the presence of the Lord. Listen, it doesn't shake the devil for you to come to church. It doesn't shake the devil for you to go through the religious motions. It doesn't shake the devil for you to do certain things. It's when you start getting close to God, getting real with God, getting in order with God, that's when the devil gets shaken. You remember last week I told you, you can pray every day and read your Bible every day and still go to hell. Remember I told you that last week? I know I probably lost some people right there. What I meant by that is this, unless you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your soul, that is the only way to make heaven your home. But I will tell you, I don't see how you can really read the Bible every day and really pray every day and not find Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why? Because if you really start reading the Bible, it'll get in you. If you really start praying, it'll get a hold of you. It'll change who you are. But what I want to get across to you is this. We can't just take for granted we're okay you got to guard your relationship with God. Listen, guard your heart. Protect the relationship you have with God. In Psalm 138, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand will save me. Oh, it doesn't get any plainer than that. It doesn't get any more real than that. Even though I'm walking in trouble, he said, you're going to revive me. You're going to restore me. You'll stretch forth your hand against the wrath of the enemies of my life, and your right hand will save me. I like that, Casey, because I believe what he's saying is this. Your right hand will lift me up. Your right hand will raise me out. Your right hand will deliver me. I'll give the Lord a hand in here. Give the Lord a hand clap of appreciation in this room. God is good. Amen. You might be in a place right now where you're worn out or you're complacent in your walk with God. Does that mean you're a bad person? No. It means you're a real person. Do you hear what I said? You may be in a place right now where you're worn out you feel like you're complacent in the Lord. Does it mean you're bad? No. It means you're living life. Because there's not a child of God who's ever served the Lord, who had not got in worn out spots and sometimes felt complacent. You know why? Because we still got this on. You know why? Because we're still living in this thing called flesh. You know why? Because we're still human beings. And we deal with those things. We face those things. But it doesn't mean we're bad people. It just means we're fighting a good fight. But we gotta hold on and hold fast to the Lord in the midst of all of it. Listen, it's easy to get there. Little things every day can bring a separation between you and God if you're not careful. Do you hear what I said? Little things every day can bring a separation between you and God. So many people are looking. Are uh, they thinking about the big things and all these big things that can do this, do this, do? It. But it's the little things every day. That can bring separation between you and God. The little things you don't even think about. The little things you don't even recognize. The real little things you don't even understand. That can bring separation between you and God. Listen to me. Revival is needed. Why? It's needed because revival b- causes an awakening in us to what God is doing and what God wants to do. Listen, it is an awakening to what God is doing. It is an awakening to what God wants to do in our life. And we need to be activated in our faith. We need to let our faith rise up in the Lord. Faith must be restored faith must be renewed and i want to say this to you there must be a cry of revival in this last hour there must be a cry for revival in this last day what do you mean pastor a cry of revival is something that comes from deep within us it can't help but come out of us and it will be heard in the ears of god when there's a real cry of revival from the hearts of the people of God, it will be heard in the ears of the Lord. God will tune his ear. God will listen, and God will hear when we cry in such a way. You need to ask yourself this morning, do I need to be revived? Don't you listen to me, and i am bring it down to a close. Listen to me. Do I need to be revived? Ask yourself that question this morning. I didn't ask, do you need to be saved? Didn't ask, do you need to be sanctified? Didn't ask, do you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost? Didn't ask, do you have a relationship with God? I said, do you need to be revived? You can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost on your way to heaven and still need revival in your life. Did you hear what I said? You can be all of these things and still need a reviving of the Spirit in your life. Let me tell you how you can know. Do you feel empty? Do you, are you struggling with life? Do you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over again and not feeling fulfilled? If you answer yes to any one three of those three questions, guess what? You probably need to be revived. But it doesn't mean bad. It just means you've been going through some tough stuff. It means you've been battling some hard things. It means the enemy's been on the war against your life. But I declare to you this morning, as we've said it so many times, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I declare to you, you are coming through this, and you are coming out of this, and you will come out on top, and you will have the victory in Christ Jesus. You will have the victory in Christ Jesus. Colin, be coming if you will. We must be ignited. Listen, revival, this is important. This is important. You've got to hear this. You've got to hear this. Revival is releasing any unforgiveness, bitterness, past hurts, complacency, lack of concern, or pride to God and allowing Him to bring refreshing to your soul. You know why there's a need of revival in a lot of people's life? Because they got unforgiveness that they have not released. Some people are carrying bitterness they have not let go of. They're carrying past hurts in their life that they have not let go of. They're carrying arrogancy, complacency, pride, or a lack of concern in their life that they have not yielded to God. Sometimes we may have these things in our life and we don't even realize they're there. We don't even realize it's happening. We don't even realize that it's taking place. But hear me this morning. We have to release them unto God. Revival is a walking humbly with God. It's walking humbly in the presence of the Lord. What do you mean? Watching Him reveal areas in your life that needs attention and that needs change. Revival is walking humbly before the Lord and and Him opening your eyes to things that need attention. Opening your eyes to things that need to be changed in your life. You see, revival is bringing things back to life. Revival will bring your spirit back to life. But I want to tell you this, revival will bring other things about about your life back to life again too. What are you saying, Pastor? It's important. We can have a reviving in our relationships. We can have a reviving in our finances. We can have a reviving in our dreams. We can have a reviving in our emotion, emotions. God breathes life into these things as well, just like he does in our spirit. So you have to understand, revival not only revives your spirit, man, it will revive everything about your life. got relationship problems let God bring revival maybe this is not what some people need to hear right, or want to hear right here but it's what you need to hear you got financial issues let God bring revival your dreams are dead let God bring revival you with me these certain things are happening. here your, your emotions are going haywire let God bring revival Let him restore your spirit man. Let him restore the innermost part of your being. And when the spirit man gets right, everything else will get right. Amen. I'll give the Lord a hand there. When the spirit man gets right, everything else will get right in your life. Revival feels like a fire in our heart. It feels like a fire in us. And I'm going to ask you, I just got to ask you, does your heart burn for God? Do you long to be in the presence of God? Do you long to be in the presence of God? If you do, that's revival. Does your heart long to see others transform to be more like Christ? If you do, that's revival. Do you have a passion and a deep love for God? If you do, that's revival. And the Bible refers to a burning or a being on fire in our heart. It's what the Bible says. Again, playing very, very softly, Colin. Luke twenty four thirty two said, And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us? While he taught with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures. Did not our hearts burn within us? Was there not a fire burning in us? Revival is a burning in your heart and spirit to know more of God. And this statement's very important. Sometimes we have to let go of the way we think in order to open to the leading of the Spirit of God. Sometimes we've got to let go of the way we think so we can be open to God's Spirit. Sometimes we can't hear God because all we can hear is ourselves. Just being honest. Sometimes we can't hear God because all we can hear is other chatter. But sometimes we got to let go of what the way we think in order to be open to the leading of the Spirit. We've got to let go of common sense that we might allow our faith to arise. Common sense is a good thing. It's a great thing. It's a needed thing. Don't let it override your faith. Did you hear me? Common sense is a good things, great things, wonderful. It's needed, but don't let it override your faith. What do you mean, Pastor? Common sense says I don't have enough money to pay my bills, but faith says God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Common sense says there's a mountain in my way, but faith says mountain be moved in the name of Jesus. Common sense says i failed before and I'll fail again, but faith says God is a God of another chance. God is for me and God is not against me. Common sense says, I've always been overlooked for a promotion, so why should I even ask for one now? Faith says, I'm the head and not the tail. God has a plan, and I will walk in it. I'll give him a hand in here. What I want you to understand is this common sense may say one thing, but the Word of God tells you again. You're the head, and you're not the tail, and God has a plan for your life, and it's time for you to walk in the plan and the purpose and the design of God. Stand to your feet all across this room. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I feel the presence of God in here. I want to ask you, what common sense things are you holding on to that is preventing you from having true revival in your life? What common sense things are you holding on to? Are you telling yourself over and over, I failed before I'll fail again? Are you telling yourself it can't happen for me? You got to stop seeing it your way and common sense way. You got to see it faith way. I close it like this, and I want everybody in this room to hear me. This is important. Revival is a setting free of the things that bind us. Revival is a setting free of the things that bind us. And he said in Psalm 85 and 6 again, Will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee. I make a declaration over you, and I call this altar call. And that declaration this morning is this. I declare today that nothing can hold you down and nothing can stand in your way. I don't care where you walked before you got here today. I don't care where your life was before you walked into this room at 10 o'clock this morning. Nothing can hold you down and nothing can stand in your way. I declare over you this morning, nothing by any means shall stop you from getting where God has designed your life to be.